Good morning. Oh, Merry Christmas. It's almost here. Okay, who still has some shopping to do? <laughs> you just outed yourself, man. We are looking forward to tomorrow night. Listen, do not miss tomorrow night with your family, your friends. It's a great opportunity. It's not a church service. It's actually an experience that we want to enjoy together, and uh, we're, we're going to have a great time. Kids are going to sing with me a lot, a lot of music, and, and I'll share just a little bit. And matter of fact, what I'm probably, what I'm thinking of doing is I'm thinking of taking your nativity scene that, that you have in your home. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of taking that up here and, and, uh, and, and do some things with it and talk about it, and, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about it for just a few minutes. This morning, I, I want to talk about light. You see, light and darkness is a theme all through Scripture. And uh, what I notice is that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, the four writers of the Gospels, they tell us the story of Jesus. But they all kind of tell it in their own way. You see, Matthew and Luke, they tell us the whole story of Jesus, including his birth. They put our little manger scene in there, and they give us the shepherds and the wise men and the baby Jesus. Mark doesn't do that. Mark picks it up with Jesus being an adult. And Mark is not the only one. John does that also. He picks it up with Jesus being as an adult. But John does something different. John doesn't just pick it up where Jesus is an adult. He goes all the way back to the very beginning of the story. And in John chapter 1, verse 1, John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Bible scholars and theologians, even theologians who are not Christian theologians, all agree that that word, word, in the context of this and in the context that it was used by theologians and scholars means the creator. It means from the very beginning, the creator himself. John says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. In other words, even though Jesus took on himself human form, even though he showed up for us in the form of a baby, he never ever left the deity that he was. He was always God. He was always 100% God. It wasn't something new that God was doing in that sense. You see, God chose to, to reveal himself in three different ways so that you and I could better understand who he is and what he is, and we could better understand a genuine relationship with him and better understand having him inside of our lives. And so God manifests himself to us in three different ways, as God the Father God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God that when we become followers of Christ actually comes to live inside of us. God the Creator so wanted genuine relationship with us 
that he did everything possible to make sure that we could experience that. And that is what Christmas is all about. It goes on. God, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In other words, God himself took nothing and turned it into something. Not just something, but turned it into everything. Everything that we get to experience, everything that we see. God created it. Through him all things were made and nothing was made that was not made without him. In him was life and that life was light to all mankind. So often we think about our, about our lives and we think, my life is so complex, I'm not sure that God can relate to it or, or God can do anything with it. And, and, and we, we kind of have this idea that, that he, he doesn't really want to or need to get involved in our life in every way. And, and Scripture says that's not really the case. It goes on to say the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John writes this out, and, and John, when he's telling the story of Jesus, goes all the way back to the very beginning, and he gives us this information so, so that we can understand who Jesus is, and John also does this so that faith can build in our life, so that faith in who Jesus is can be a part of our very thought process. And the reality for us, we're, we're all on a journey. Every one of us are, are on this journey through life. And I'm here to tell you, your life will never make sense until you involve God in the process. Because you were designed by him, you were created by him. He knew the very DNA in your mother and your father that he wanted to interweave into your life to specifically create you and specifically create me. I've been reading a lot this year, and I've been going through more books than I probably have in the past. And one thing I'm noticing is that God has this plan and this purpose for every single one of our lives. And he wants to unfold it. And, and I'm reading the stories of how when we let him, how he unfolds his plan and his purpose in our life. And listen, it usually takes a lifetime. Some of us, things happen earlier in life and, and, and we move forward. And others of us, it's the process of a lifetime. And, and others of us, it's really, but God is at work in our lives. Lives. The writer of Ecclesiastes tells us that. He says over and over again, the sun comes up and the sun goes down, and every day is a new day, and, and, and you think you're, you're going to do something that's never been done before, and Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, says, no, you're not. No, you're not. You die, and the very next day, the sun comes up again. And life is cyclical and it's going on and on. But the reality is while history is linear and it's moving on and marching through, God, the writer of, the writer of Ecclesiastes says, while this is going on, God. Matter of fact, he says, but God. 
while history is plowing its way through the years, God is over and over again doing something, doing things in people's lives. He's at work in our lives. He's doing things individual to each of our lives that, that couldn't be done in anyone else's life because we are all individuals designed and created by him. And my invitation to you is join in the journey here at Camelback. Join in God's family. And look, we're coming to the end of 2018. Let's step into 2019 and purpose to do what we know we should have done in 2018. Our, one of the things that we, we are doing here and have done for a while, but we're, we're, this, you're going to see more this year probably than, than I think in some years past, is to create an environment that we can have fun together in because God is a God of fun. God has a sense of humor. Look at the person next to you. God has a sense of humor. Now look at the other person on the other side. To create an environment where we together can pursue God and we can allow him to pursue us and pursue our hearts. And we can come in here on Sunday mornings and we can sing the we can sing all the songs. I, I'm longing for the day, and I said this to our first first service, and of course, you guys sing a little bit better than the first service. Sometimes. I'm looking for the day when both of our services where everybody is singing all the songs. Do you know why? When we're singing these songs to him, we are praising him. And you know what the Bible says about that? It says he inhabits the praises of his people. He lives inside of the praises of his people. He takes pleasure and joy in our praises. That's what he wants to hear. The Bible says he inhabits the praises. And we live in a culture. We live in a culture that, that, that I believe is getting darker, a culture that is moving in, in a direction that, that is not necessarily positive. All the more reason for us to allow Christmas into our lives, to allow this light to transform our lives in the hope of, with hope when there's uncertainty all around us. It's amazing what just a little bit of light can do in the middle of darkness. How many of you, when you were kids, I know when we were, when I was kids growing up, see, I grew up in our family, we had, uh, my mom and dad had their bedroom, and, and then my, my sisters had their room, and my brother and I had our room, and, and we would, uh, at night we'd go to bed, and, and you know, we were, we were supposed to turn the light off, but we didn't. And, you know, the night when finally mom or dad, one of them would come in and say, listen, you guys need to turn the light off. And they turn the light off. And we would always try and bargain to get the light left on longer. I don't know if you guys did that or not. But, but we, how many of you were afraid of the dark when, uh, at night? How many of you hated turning? There's somebody in my family who actually closes their eyes when they turn the light switch off. Does anybody else do that? Yeah, you do that? This whole darkness thing, you know, it's like there's a dragon in the closet. We, this whole darkness thing is a, is a big deal to us. 
How many of you, how many of you would admit to having a nightlight now in your house somewhere? You have one of those things plugged in the wall where, yeah, yeah we do too, but that's really because our reason is because I'm over, over 50 and I get up a lot at night, you know? And then Karen has this bad habit of moving furniture a lot. So it can get dangerous in my house if you don't have lights on. So we have those, matter of fact, they're Costco things. You know, you just buy a packet of 10 of them and you put them around your house and they tell you they don't cost much money to run. I hope they're right. I don't know because we have a lot of them around the house. Light and darkness, it's, it's, a, it's a theme throughout Scripture. Way back in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then look what it says. It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And that was a big deal. Darkness motivated him to create light. You know, scientists tell us that, that our galaxy is spinning at 490,000 miles an hour. At that breakneck speed, scientists also tell us that it will take 200 million years before it actually makes a complete revolution. And scientists also tell us that while we are focused and live in our galaxy, that there are over a billion other galaxies. Scientists are now telling us that the number of stars that are out there, the number of stars that are out there are as many as the grains of sand on the beach. My Bible told us that years ago. They are just now catching up with what God has to say about it. He threw it right at Abraham thousands of years ago. Jesus, 4,000 years after this passage in Genesis, says this about himself. He said, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. The very reason that you and I have Christmas is because Jesus came. I have come to bring light. We have Christmas because of what Jesus did. As a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I wanted to mention at the beginning of the service, and I forgot to, um, this Saturday will be a memorial service. One of our very own, those of you who are here in the, at times in the first service, and those of you who are part of MA55, Clint Newman went home to be with the Lord this week. And we'll have the service, uh, a viewing at 11 o'clock on Saturday and a service at 12 o'clock. Just another reminder, guys. We are on this planet for 70, 80, 90 years. But we were designed to live forever. 
That is the story of Christmas. I read the four Gospels. I, I read the four different perspectives of this same exact story of Jesus. Matthew tells the story, including our nativity scene. Luke, Luke tells the story, including the nativity scene, but Luke tells this story as if he was writing a biography. Luke puts in as many details as, as he can remember, as he can get his in, all of his investigation. He took the time to put the, to put the book of Luke together the way you would write a biography, more so than, than the other writers of the Gospels. Mark picks it up at Jesus being an adult. John picks it up as Jesus being an adult, but John goes back to the very, very beginning. And he makes sure that we understand the deeper part of this story. John, in his version, he, he writes it out and he includes this. See, the, the other writers of the Gospels, they, they give us all the details. John makes sure that we understand the significance. The significance of who Jesus is. Not just a little baby. He's the creator. He's God in the form of a baby. And he grows up and he lays his life down so that he could be our Savior. John chapter 1, verse 4, in him was life. We read this earlier. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's a big deal. When you read the last chapter in the book, you know who wins. When you walk all the way through Scripture, you know who never loses? God never loses. Never loses. Always wins. The darkness will never overcome it. Greater is he who is in the world, but, gre but greater is he than he who is in the world. See, see, as strong as the enemy may be, God is always greater. And we all still have darkness in our lives. And for some of it, it shows up in different places. For me, at times, I, sometimes I feel like it can show up when I'm driving on some of these roads. Because... Now, I, I hate this confession time. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I call people idiots under my breath sometimes. And I know I shouldn't do that. And, and, I, and I know that's not Christ-like. But that's an area that God is still working in me. But you would, have to, you would have to agree with me that it applies a lot when you're watching the way people drive around Phoenix. I'm not justifying what I do. I'm just making an illustration as to, you know, I'm, I'm just as broken as you are. You can be silent. It's okay. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, one of the worst darknesses is spiritual darkness. One of the worst darknesses, there's nothing darker than going through life and carrying your life with you. 
carrying the guilt and the shame. There's nothing worse than, 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 than living your life like that. Especially knowing the Christmas story that Christ came so that you would not have to do that. As I open up my Bible, I see the Christmas story over and over again, especially the three years that Jesus was on this planet and was ministering to people. Over and over, I, I saw the Christmas story when Christ was nailed to the cross and there was a thief on his right and a thief on his left. And, and these guys were, I mean, they didn't just steal a pack of gum or a pack of cigarettes. These guys were real criminals. And the one guy on one side of him recognized who Jesus was. He says, truly, you are the Son of God. He just recognized who Jesus was. And Jesus said to him, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Dude, that's the Christmas story, and it happened just like that. And I see it over and over again. So you walk through the New Testament. And there's another unexpected story in there that, that I see the Christmas story. And most of you know this story. We, we, we've, we've heard it. It's about this woman who's caught in adultery. And, and they bring her and, and, and they have her, they almost throw her at Jesus' feet. And she's sitting on the ground in the sand and she's kneeling there. Oh, and by the way, it wasn't the sheriff who brought her and threw her there. It wasn't the police department. It was the religious leaders. They brought her there, and they, the only reason they did this was to try and trick Jesus. They thought they had it. Because it was only, they're thinking there's only, there's only two ways this could go. Moses' law says she should be stoned. So if he goes with Moses' law, then the crowd is going to be taken, and it's, it's going to be one. But if he decides the other way, then he's, he's, they thought they had him on this. They thought no matter which way he went, they were going to nail him. And, and you know the story, and, and you know what Jesus says. Jesus, he's kneeling down with his finger, and he's drawing Charlie Brown in the sand, you know, he's just doodling in the sand or not sure what he's doing. But while he's looking at what he's doing, he says, well, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And I know it was dead silence for about a half a minute. And then their brains begin to register. And every one of them thought, Oh, he got us again. Got us again. We can't get this guy. And Jesus just stayed there. And they just begin to peel away. And then Jesus turns to the woman. He said, where are your accusers? She said, they're, they're gone. And Jesus said, neither do I accuse you. That's the Christmas story. And we see it over and over and over. A life changed. Neither. Now, now I'm going to show you how to live 
Jesus is saying to her. You can read the story. It's in John chapter 8. It's in verses 1 through 11. The funny thing is we forget about verse 12. Look what it says in verse 12. When Jesus spoke again, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know what Jesus said to her? The thing that he said to her was total forgiveness and freedom from her sins and restoration with the God who created her. And this is what he says to you and I. He, he spoke so clearly to her. And he turns to you and I and he says, do you see what I did for her? I can do that for you. I want to do that for you. I came, the whole reason I came, so I could do that for you because I have light for your life. I have light for your relationships. I have light for your job. I have light for your finances. I have light for your marriage. He has, I have light for your emotions, he says. He has light for us. And you would look at me and you say, James, is it really that easy? Is it really that simple? And my reply is, kind of. Kind of. And the reason I say kind of and not yes is so many of us have heard the Christmas story and we have done nothing with it. It really is that easy if you do something with it. He says, let there be light. Let there be light. I had to go to Webster's Dictionary, and I didn't have to look up light. I had to look up let. And you know what let means in Webster's Dictionary? To permit to enter. It's going to be dark in here in a minute. When it's dark, you can feel disoriented. When it's dark, you can be disoriented. You can't see everything. You don't always know what's going on. But when there's light, it's amazing what a little bit of light can do. A little bit of light gives you the opportunity to see. And when that light begins to spread, and when you share light with someone else, things get brighter. And the more light there is, the more we can see. I have come to give life. I have come to bring light, Jesus said. All you have to do to get out of the darkness is to permit light to enter. All you have to do 
is to let him in. My encouragement this year, listen, many, some of us, maybe we don't, we've never made that decision. Some of us, we've made that decision, but, but we really haven't done much with it. And, and my encouragement is let's not just celebrate Christmas. Let's experience Christmas. Jesus turned to her and he said, where are your accusers? gone. They were gone because of what Jesus did. He came in the form of a baby to be our Savior. He not only came to be our Savior, but he laid his life down. He paid the price for our sins. It was as simple as the thief on the tree recognizing who he was. Guys, this is the Christmas story. Understanding the significance of his birth. Darkness can be disoriented. It can leave us lost in our job, in our health, in our relationships. But Christmas and bringing Christmas even to the darkest places in our lives is letting the light shine. I want you to stand with me. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for being our God, our creator, and then our Savior coming in the form of a baby. Some of us here have permitted your life to enter our lives. God, we just desire to let you do the things that you want to do. Some of us here, maybe we've never done that. This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I just want to give you the opportunity to do that. What does that mean, James? That just simply means you recognize who he is. Not only recognize it, but you believe it. And when you believe it, he becomes your Savior. What does that mean? That means when you leave this planet, you go directly to be with him. Heaven is your home. He paid the price. That also means as you walk through life on this planet, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That also means he has a family to wrap around you to walk through this life with. And yes, it is that simple because he did everything to make it that simple. Have every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never accepted Christ and you'd like to do that, just slip your hand up, put it right down. This is just for me. Yeah, I see. Yes, yes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of us here, we've been following Christ. But you know, to date, you have not allowed that light to permeate you. And you know there's more that God wants to do in your life. But you've just kind of not stepped into it. And you recognize that. 
And you're willing to change that. And you're willing to, at the end of this year, say, God, as I leave this year, I'm going to give you more of me. I'm going to allow your light into deeper areas of who I am. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just lift your hand up, put it right back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father, thank you so much for this, your church family. For my spiritual family here at Camelback. Lord, for the hands that went up this morning, accepting you, recognizing who you are, and accepting your gift of salvation, allowing Christmas to be alive in their life. With those hands, I thank you, Father. Those of us who are here, and we're, we're your children, but, but we know that we have not allowed you to some areas in our lives. God, as we head into this next year, those hands that went up, and even others here who their hand may not have even gone up, but they know this coming year, it's going to be more of you and less of me. God, we look forward to it. We're excited about it. Bless us as we, Lord, take this next song and we worship you. God, bless us as we even leave here after that. We worship you. We praise you, and we love you. In your name we pray, and everyone said, let's all sing together. Come on.